Hey everybody, we are live with another Savage Gentleman podcast, and tonight we're going over the Riddle of Steel. Any of you Conan fans Ooh. might recognize that, good name. that saying. Very yeah, good. thank you. Thank you, guys. Very apt. It is, it is. And we have a guest with us. This is Charlie Mann of Man Made Knives, and you may have seen me toting around this uh, massive blade here. He's actually the guy who made it, and he's going to be answering all your knife-making, forging, metalworking questions tonight he's obviously a knife maker but what you may not know about him is he's former special forces he's a fourth degree black belt under walt bayless um in brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of a big deal what else am i missing there's something else what else do you do uh i don't know that's i don't know i, I like long walks on the beach oh and facing life's problems head on <laughs> there you go yeah so you're very very multifaceted <laughs> individual here at axe yeah. Um, of course, we have the Jeff Kirkham, who needs no introduction, and uh, he's, he's seemed to have, all the big knives and, and tomahawks are somehow making their way over towards him. I, we might have to pat him down at the end of this thing. Later on down into my office. Yeah, and next thing you know, they're showing up his house. So this is going to be a really cool Savage Gentleman podcast, I think, because, man, there's so much about forging and knife making that... that it's kind, I've of, got a ton it's kind of, questions. of the ultimate man skill, isn't it? It really is. It's pretty ancient. It yeah. feels really ancient when you're doing it. And and I know that when we when we hit some steel yeah. before, it, it doesn't feel like you're doing something from thousands of years ago. Yeah, I mean it's something that you can really connect with, you know, the, the evolution of man, right? From primitive weapons to, you know, using rocks and sticks to now we've got, you know, a serious thing. And this is what separates us from the rest of the, the yeah, animal right. kingdom, right? Uh, with your bare hands, what could you kill that you could ever be proud of? You know, I mean, a, 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 a bunny rabbit or something? <laughs> Maybe, Josh, without, even without then. some treachery, Josh, everything would kick your butt. Yes. I was answering your question. Oh, yeah. you could kill me with your bare hands? With my bare hands, Josh. Challenge accepted. Might take a rock. Might have to use a rock. Oh, yeah. man, when people would, would say stuff like uh, that, that they're really strong or whatever, people think that they're really tough. Uh, in a jujitsu class, I, I, I would always say, you know what? Give my cat a bath and Ooh. see what happens. It'll be a very, very one-sided match. That's a great... I'm going to You use give that scruffers. Yeah. <laughs> you, give, you put scruffers in a bath and see <laughs> what happens. To you. So yeah, you need you need a tool. You need some treachery. And we need people that know how to make it. I mean, this is a, this is so I would say maybe a dying let's art. Let's watch a let's watch a video. Let's see. Let's All throw right. let's throw one over the top. Just give people an idea. And you guys that are just tuning in, we're going yeah. over the number one man skill. Well, probably the oldest man skill, making knives with Charlie Man. Let's watch a video. Let's clip right. three. So maybe. number three, yeah. Let's play clip three, Zach. We'll see Charlie Mann him in action. Why move beyond mediocrity to create excellence? Because the excellence of those who came before demands it. Because the faith of those who believe in you deserve it. Because there will be those who can see the difference. Look out into the world and if what you see is not good enough, make it better. Perfect it. Fight until your hands and face are blackened from the fire of your passion. Challenge yourself and fuel the furnace with your past. Free yourself from life's never-ending distractions and embrace focus. It is then that you will master your destiny and find certain peace. Holy shit. Dude, I need to watch that every morning that I wake up. Like, every day that I come to work, I need to watch that video. Even though I'm not making knives, but damn, that was cool. And you guys that are just tuning in, too, if you go back, there's a Ready Man Live show that we did. Oh, geez. Three months ago? About that. Yeah. About three months ago, we're, we're actually up at uh, Charlie's shop. Well, Josh's, I had to stay home and do Jeff didn't get stuff to come like play. accounting. But, uh, but uh, Josh and Charlie are up there hammering out uh, some knives. It's a really cool live show that you guys can check out. Yeah, so if you guys remember that, there was a ton of questions on the process, and we really mm. didn't have time to get into all that. Right. So, you know, I thought tonight we'd bring you back on, and we could talk about, you know, qualities of steel and and what what it takes to temper them and all that stuff how long 
to make and you guys i mean the video probably just doesn't do it justice i'm a big bowie knife fan big being no pun intended but um i'm a huge bowie knife fan and um anyways charlie and this thing is beautiful how, how long does it take you to make something like that how many hours are we talking you know so this is this is hand forged out and there's a lot of a lot of things that that go into it and i don't know if you can can see this detail on the back put but it up that way right up right up here so the tang goes all the way through enhance on this zoom in. so so at the very back oh of this of this where the pommel is the the tang actually makes it all the way through and it's been peened over so it's it's riveted on there so the the discussion the argument that always happens of like you know full tang versus uh hidden tang um that kind of puts that away because it, so on, on a on a hidden tang knife the tang might only come you know a quarter of the way through the blade or through the handle uh, and and how strong would that be well this this kind of answers that it makes it all the way through um to the back so and, and so and, and i'll tell you that thing is super strong i've literally cut down trees with that knife and i've actually and you could see you know i've, I've put it through some work and it's it, it doesn't mind, man. That thing will blast through, <laughs> blast through some wood. Well, there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, let's see, part of it is that the steel makes it all the way through the handle, right. but part of it is actually that it's zone tempered. So the What's, edge. What does that mean? Okay, so the, so the okay, so so steel is an isomer. You know, you might want to put up some graphic in the corner that says <laughs> nerd alert because yeah. I, I am about to nerd out on some steel. But stick Go with me. It. It's it's actually it's really interesting to me. I always tell people if you come to my shop and and start asking questions about knives, that will ruin the rest of your evening talking about stuff that you never wanted to know. But but anyway, this is this is one of those things that's really interesting to me. Steel is an isomer. Uh, isomer is something that can be uh, completely different based on its uh, grain structure. So like carbon is an isomer. Car pure carbon could be graphite or coal or coke or uh, diamond. Mm -hmm. And they have completely different properties and completely different uses. Steel is the same kind of thing. So you can have steel be really hard or really springy. The same steel that would make a file could be used as a leaf spring in a car. And a, a file is very, very hard. A leaf spring in a car has to spring, be tough, you know, for, for decades. So, so the edge of this blade is really hard. Mm -hmm. So hard that if, if the whole thing was that hard, it would probably break. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, a file won't touch this. If you take a file to the edge of this, it'll skate it off not. of it. Okay. Yeah, like, like, uh, like glass. But the back of, of the blade is still really springy. So it supports the edge. Well, what happens with that if you're doing cutting, like cutting competition st type mm -hmm. stuff, uh, which I think we've got a clip. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll pull that, we that could, up in a second. Show. Um, if, if the edge is really hard, well, it, it just, it gives communication back to your hand. You gotcha. can feel where it is. And, and you can feel, so it looks like it has a sole, it feels like it has a sole, and you've used this knife a lot. What does yeah. it feel like when you're hacking through stuff? Is there a difference oh, yeah. between that and, you know, say a or machete like a machete. Or some yeah, other no, big... absolutely. It's like, man, it, it's hard to describe, but it's a very satisfying feeling, you know, swinging that thing. And obviously, most people aren't using a Bowie knife to chop down trees, but this one was designed with a bushcrafting knife for the little work and and this thing so you don't have to bring a freaking axe or a machete this is somewhere in between but if you uh if you get in an epic knife fight you're you're in a good business with this oh, thing too there. yeah there's a camera so, so there's the little utility there yeah so now you know with this thing it's kind of the best of both worlds and and like i said man that thing you i mean if you're hacking through meat right i mean you could butcher with that if you wanted oh, yeah. to if you wanted to cut up mm -hmm. some uh some tri-tip man that would be a great so, way to go so charlie like why, why Bowie knives? Oh, man, I, yeah, that's, that <laughs> is, why not, I guess. Um, that's a great, yeah. So, so Bowie knives uh, have, have this awesome American tradition. There's a, there's a, a tradition of, of uh, fighting, of, of combat, of the style that's a uniquely American thing, and I think that it's been passed up a lot. Uh, there's a, a lot of, of, of hype that other 
that blade martial arts end up getting, you know, Filipino-based things and mm -hmm. whatever. And guys can be really good at that, but there is a there was a long tradition of people absolutely kicking ass and and, and making big stuff happen with with this design. <laughs> well, and here's Brian Knox said because Bowie knives are manly. Dumb question. <laughs> Clearly, obviously, and we're Too getting a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people uh, chiming in. Chris, a while back, asked uh, in reference to the Conan Riddle of Steel, mm -hmm. if we're going to hear the lamentation of the uh, the women tonight. Probably not, but you never know. It depends. <laughs> it depends on what what kind of a turn this thing takes. But um, yeah, when you're talking about knife fighting, if I had the choice, but which this thing looks pretty pretty epic for. For poking and it's stabbing, great, right? Great but great if poker. I pull out this and you pull out that, I would bro, pick I'm this, walking away. I'd no pick thank this you. every time. Every time. Every well, time. and I think it's important too, like, you know, and that's probably one of the things that first attracted me to Bowie Knives. So here's a story time, right? So you guys that are just tuning in, we're talking to Charlie Mann who makes, hand makes beautiful Bowie Knives. And, uh, you know, when I was in the sixth grade of all things, my parents... My dad had this bright idea. He was gonna, he was gonna bribe me to get good grades in school, <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Yeah, if you get straight A's, I'll buy you whatever present you want up to fifty dollars." So I was like, "Game on!" So I went, and I studied, got straight A's, and and uh, Jay will appreciate this. Got straight A's, and and they're like, "Okay, you get your uh, straight A present. What do you want?" And and I wish I brought it here tonight because I still have it all the way from sixth grade. I was like, okay, come with me. So it took my dad to Kmart. We walked down the aisle of the sporting goods section, and in there was a Western Bowie knife that's about that big. It was about half the size as I was. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I want. You know, my dad is like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, did not, did see not that specify. Did not hey, see got him. My mom, and my mom is like, absolutely not. And, and I was like, you told me I could have whatever I wanted, and that's forty nine dollars. Forty nine ninety five. It's yeah. within the range. I want my Bowie knife. <laughs> so my dad was like, "All right, we told him we'd buy it." So to this day, I have that Bowie knife. Nice. Still have it. Still have Man, it. Man, how yeah, about that? Awesome. Um, let's see. Scott Mize wants to know. It looks like the edge has a slight belly. So um, I'm assuming he's talking about this this little bit of curvature here. Yeah. What's the What's the uh, idea yeah. behind that? So, so on a on a Bowie knife, um, that 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 sweep, the subtle mm -hmm. sweep, uh, what that does is it makes it so that when you do a, a straight cut, there's weight that's that's passed okay. where it is that you'd be hitting. So it has a lot of follow through. Gotcha. And then also as you're as you're doing an elliptical, as you do a a, a straight hit, you get an elliptical cut okay. out of the deal. So. It's it's those two things. Nice, very cool. And Anthony Nelson wants to know what angle is that Bowie ground at? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't put a micrometer on no. it or anything. Yeah, it goes there's, by feel. There there's some things that you do. Uh, nice... Want to put a, a, a specific kind of an edge on, like a Scandi grind is considered you know 22 degrees to 35. Okay. On a specific Scandi grind, we can talk about grinds for a second. Uh, this is this is flat ground. Okay. Uh, this one is hollow ground. And then a Scandi grind would be something that, so the edge geometry uh, on a Scandi grind is that both sides come in and they meet perfectly at the, at the center there, whereas uh, a saber grind goes in and then has uh, an apple seed. It, it comes in and it's a little bit blunted. Okay, okay, cool. So, so that, that blunting uh, does not happen on a Scandi grind. It's just straight. And then... Uh, uh, a hollow grind, um, it's mostly aesthetic, but it's a little bit better at um, c cleaving flesh. Okay. From from skin. More from like a hunting or, mm -hmm. or butchering yeah, skinning, type. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, man, getting a lot of questions. So Brian Knox is over on YouTube, says, has a love affair with two things, wool and high carbon <laughs> hand forged blades. Hey, those are so two good Brian, hobbies. Yeah. Go to Charlie Man Knives. It's Charlie. It's manmadeknives.com, right? Is the website, and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Charlie Man Knives. It's spelled the girl way, C H A R L Y, M A N N, knives. Yeah, and if you don't like the way his name spelled, he'll fight you about it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, we got J D Caputo tuning in. Yeah, he's he. I actually showed him this knife a while back, and he's he's a huge knife guy, really big into weapons and stuff, and. Uh, 
he was trying to steal it from me constantly. But <laughs> you can get your own, JD. Uh, let's see, so, everyone. We, we yeah. never finished the question. So, oh. Charlie, oh, yeah. about how long does it take oh, you yeah, to make Oh, yeah, that's that? right. Okay, so, so. Is this a lifetime here? This, it's. When, Depends when on I who's tell, making it. Yeah, what I tell people is, so this was about 10 days. Uh, made this for Josh, kind of in a rush. It was hand-forged and, you know, cut no corners or whatever. Yeah, I forgot that we, had, we hadn't covered all that. But what I tell people is it takes me to make a knife like this 30 years and 10 days. There you go. 30 years and 10 days. There so, so it's 30 That's years. That's what I was going to say. A <laughs> lifetime, right? right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it, it's, you have to have a shop full of tools that you have made plenty of mistakes mm -hmm. and, and created a lot of scrap steel. You know, when I first started, I was making scrap out of perfectly good steel at an alarming rate um, for, for a long time because some of these things, it just it takes a while to figure out uh, how it's done. You know, it's, it's freehand. The, this back clip is it has to be done freehand. It's it's not that it's really hard to get it right. It's just that it's super easy to get it wrong. Interesting. So yeah, yeah a lot of craftsmanship cool. and, and a lot of time and whatever that, that goes into figuring out how to do it. Getting some really good questions. Let's see, Michael McLaw McLawlin. What's the quench? McLaughlin. What is the quench and temper? Okay, awesome question. So so let's talk about just just for everybody. So we get everybody on the same page here. Uh, and again, nerd alert, if we have a graphic we, we could throw up there. So, so steel and isomer kind of covered that. It can take on completely different properties. The general recipe for, for hardening steel that has carbon in it is that you heat it up to its critical temperature, and that means that a, a magnet will no longer stick to it. Oh, wow. So as soon as a magnet will no longer stick to it, it tells you that it's, uh, it's austenite. So, or austenite, it's, it's austenite, is, is the grain structure that's in the steel. So, uh, depending on the kind of steel that you have, some like to be quenched in oil, some like to be quenched in water. Um, this the blood of your enemies. Yes. <laughs> blood of the fallen. So this, this, it, this was made from 5160 steel. Okay. Um, it, it is most commonly used in car uh, leaf springs, and it's a really easy one to, to get right. Um, it doesn't have a lot of things that are alloyed into it, so it's it's very forgiving if you get the temperature off just a little bit. But anyway, you just you heat it up till a magnet won't stick to it, and then you quench it for this stuff in hot oil. Okay. So you have to heat up the oil because if you don't, there ends up being a, a vapor barrier of the oil that's that's uh, turning into smoke. So heating up the oil makes it more sticky. Okay. It will stick to the steel and suck out the heat. So. Uh, for this, it was heat up the, the oil to, uh, and it's a special kind of oil or whatever, but anyway, you heat it up to about 125 degrees and then heat up the steel till the magnet won't stick to it, quench it in there, and um, you leave it in there. Like in that video that I did, that uh -huh. was just like to make a cool video. You're just faking it. I did take it out and I did let you know it catch on fire or whatever. That's just TV. Gotcha. You, yeah. You, yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta fake it just for the, yeah, for the but, image. You but know? for anybody who knows what they're looking at and you know if there's any knife makers or whatever, before you start saying, Hey, that guy sucks. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. That was because there was a camera crew there and, yeah, I, and I did for it. Sure. I did it for TV. No, that's really cool. So what's the difference? I've seen people quench in oil. I've also seen water. I, mm -hmm. I guess that depends on the steel or what the end is. use is for. Yeah, yeah. So, so steel. So the the uh, if if we want to talk for a second about um, alloys, if you pictured a, a a room filled with a whole bunch of beach balls, that would be like straight iron. Okay. But then they'll start alloy when so you. So we're start, talking about the molecular structure the molecular of these. Stru okay. Yeah. So so we've got beach balls. Beach for regular balls, iron. and there's a whole bunch of space between those beach sure. balls. But if you start throwing in a bunch of uh, say volleyballs okay. and some softballs and some golf balls, then they're going to fill in those spaces. So those would be the alloys that are, that are added mm, to it. Interesting. And the that's more alloys analogy. that there are into the steel, the, the more temperamental that steel is. And tighter is. The, that yep, is yep. going to so be. You, yep, okay. you'll, get, you'll get different qualities out of it, and, and it will get uh, more and more specific as far as what that steel wants to have done to it. Okay. So you get into ramp times, like how long can you, does it take? You have to have it go up to temperature at a certain speed. You have oh, to have wow. soak times. So, so incredibly complex. Just, yeah, so wow. if it's just some, some Vikings thousand years ago trying to pound out yeah. some, some metal, 
they wouldn't want a whole bunch of other things in there. Right, because, they wanted the purest yeah. form yeah. they could so, find. So you get into modern exotic steels, and yeah, if you have access to MIT's heat treating thermal processing <laughs> lab, you can get you know a couple more Rockwell out of it. But um, if you are a guy with a hammer and a forge, you might want to stick. If, if, speaking, if people are just getting started, you might want to stick with Speaking of a hammer and a forge, let's mm -hmm. watch another video. Let's, let's check out clip one. Oh, okay. So this is this is going to be. Let me preface it really quick here. This is going to be. Um, this is Damascus steel, pattern welded steel, Damascus steel. When you when you take what I do is I take two different kinds of steel that are very close to the same. I forge weld them together. the The difference that they have between them is that one has some nickel in it and one has some manganese in it. And when you put those two, uh, when you put those in acid. One goes light, the one with nickel in it stays, stays bright, okay. and the one with some manganese goes dark. But you don't see it. It just looks like regular steel. Right. So, so the blade, so to you'd, show, never, you'd never be able to tell. Okay. So to show, to show some Damascus steel, uh, uh, can, you, can you see that very well? He'll, he'll or we'll do it here? Hey. Okay. So you see the lines that are in that? Oh, no, there, there we go. Yeah, okay. Nice. So, so that's those, those layers that you're seeing are uh, the two different kinds of steel that have forged welded together. So that would be pattern welded steel, uh, maybe commonly called Damascus steel. In Damascus, for a very long time, nobody would march against uh, Damascus. It was a, it was a really dumb thing to do because they were doing this with their blades. And what does that mean for the blade? Because it looks cool. Uh -huh. But aside from but that, is it? But, but is, is it? it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was the height of, of uh, warfare technology at the time. Everybody was tough back then, but nobody went. Nobody would march against Damascus because, uh, not that they had like super slick moves. They didn't need them. Their swords were stronger, so they would just go bonk, hit just your sword, yourself? and then you've got a handle. Oh wow! It was just bonk, stab, bonk, stab. That's a bad. Day. So yeah. <laughs> so so uh, then eventually somebody found one of these blades and, and it was captured or whatever, and and it had rusted and it showed the lines in it well the the soldiers at that time they would always polish their blades it, it was it, this this getting the lines and it wasn't cool but if it rusted or whatever they were able to see it and then they were able to kind of like posthumously say how would you do this to their bladesmiths and eventually everybody started folding their blades ah. over because there's the steel is refined and the carbon is added to the steel every time it gets folded over gotcha. so the modern version of that is 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 done by uh, forge welding two different kinds of steel together, and then it's all just going to be shiny. And so when you say forge welding, you're taking a slab and a slab, yep. putting it in the forge, yep. heating it till they melt together. Yep, getting okay. them the right temperature, hitting them, uh, time, temperature, and pressure. So you've got to pound them together as well. So yep. that's what you're doing with the hammer yep. initially. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to forge weld any any two things together, it's time, temperature, and pressure, and you just get it up to the right temperature. And and uh, then you hit it with a hammer, and that provides the pressure. So, so let's watch the video. So yeah, so the video is going to be a blade. Keep audio. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so this is a blade that uh, that I made, and you can see it's just shiny. But I'm putting it now into some acid, and after stirring it for a little bit, I can see a preliminary etch that will come out. So that shows. Okay. Yep. You can see that design what in it. That pattern will will end up being. That's so with beautiful. further etching and, and you know, processing, just, just the etching process, uh, that blade um, ends up showing that pattern. And, and, it's, and it's cool. It. Yeah, and that's how it's done. So it's really, you know, what started off is more of a function, and now it's kind of become a form thing where mm -hmm. now it looks cool. People, I mean, well, who doesn't got, like we've, Damascus blades? we got a blades. couple of good questions yeah. here. Uh, Charlie, do you do any historically accurate reproduction specifically old west 1880s yeah and colonial america that's brian knox from youtube thanks awesome yeah no i i've, I've done this uh, so there's the moore buoy which is uh possibly the buoy knife that uh jim Bowie used in the sand the very famous sandbar fight someone if, said if that he carved out the, the alamo with that knife that's how yeah yeah it was it was purported to have been <laughs> found on him at the at the alamo yeah and and so and this this knife still exists and and uh you know there's there's two knives that are the possible one and there's there's some you know fighting about it but anyway it's the the moor buoy most likely is is the one that he used in the sandbar fight um and uh it, it had a few things i actually did uh, on on this blade you can you can see that there are some 
Mm, let's see, where are Wait we? Wait for it. Now he's switching cameras on you. That's a dirty trick. Okay. There we go. Hold like that. You can see that there are some uh, teeth that are yeah. forward facing. What's the purpose of these ridges here? So those teeth are for actually stopping the other guy's blade. Oh. So as if, okay, like, like, like when you're fighting, like MMA stuff, if your hands are able to push down his hands, mm -hmm. you'll get your shots in. Sure. Right? So same thing if you're, do, if you're fighting with a blade, if he has ended up on top of your blade and he's mm -hmm. coming in, you want anything that you can do to stop him from coming in further. Ah, so for, so, so these, stopping that's that right. Yeah, because yep. that catches See that? It, it stops really it well. right wow. away. Uh, let's change this angle just a little bit. So. Sure. So, yep, so we're blade so, to I mean, blade. This is like good pressure. I'm pushing yep. down. It's pretty hard. Blade to blade, and, and it catches his blade. And then if somehow it made it all the way in, then it goes into this, this C guard. And then all I have to do is turn it to his weak side to disarm him. So these, these, are live, these blades are live, yeah, so, we're so we're not, not going to get, get too nuts. Too but, but, and I think that that deserves an episode by itself. Yeah. We'll go over some. Because the Bowie knife fighting, I, I've been in martial arts for a very long time and, and a lot of stick and blade stuff. And my opinion is that is, uh, this, this tradition is infinitely superior to it's everyone cool. out there. Yeah, it's super cool. So Charlie, Charlie and I know one of the same guy... Um, James Keating, mm -hmm. and um, he's huge in the Bowie knife. He's kind of a big learning. deal with, with, he, with knife like fighting the world. He's yeah. the biggest so deal, yeah. Bowie yeah. knife fighting. In, interesting we're calling this the Riddle of Steel because he teaches something called that he calls the Riddle of Steel. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, where he teaches Bowie knife fighting and stuff It's a like retreat that. camp, and you go mm -hmm. up. It used, when I went up there, it was a, you go up there for four or five days in a retreat camp up, or, you know, up the Hell's Canyon River. So it's beautiful, and... You sit there and learn how to Bowie knife fight all day. Hey, real quick, um, for a future podcast, and we, we've got we've got Charlie Mann here talking about knives, talking about metalworking. But if you guys want to see Jeff and I get into a knife fight on a on a future video, hit that heart button, <laughs> um, and uh, we can make that happen for you. We're we'll here. We aim to please. You know, <laughs> you guys are our viewers, so Maybe we we'll can buy some shock knives. Ooh, now you're now you're talking. That'll be, That'd a, be a blast. Uh, I'm in fun. just to watch. It'll be electric. <laughs> and there's wow. another great question here, too. Um, uh, oh, this is from Richard Craven. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, he loves Leaf Springs, too. Features some of the anvils. Do you have a list of basic tools somebody needs to get started? Oh, somebody oh, just okay. wants to tinker around yeah. in their garage and see if they like it. Yeah, so so what, what you're going to need is the, the, the minimum bid to start is going to be... Uh, a forge, an anvil, and a hammer. Um, the, the, right after that would be a post vise. But it, it, all these things are readily available. If you're looking to get an anvil, then you want to test it for rebound. And that video that, yep. that we did, find that video that we had done a couple months ago. And, and I, I demonstrate rebound on that, what you want in, mm -hmm. in an anvil. Because if it doesn't have rebound, it's not going to do it's it It's not going to be hard enough. Yeah, yeah. so, so what he's referring to is uh, the, the Ready Man live that we did talking about actually uh, physically making knives, like hammering steel. Um, mm -hmm. We went to his shop. He kind of showed kind of the DIY stuff. So there's some great information, and, and we may get out there and do a follow-up to that. And we may even can put together like a little PDF, a little you know downloadable version of you know checklist oh, yeah. of things. I think that'd be something really cool because it looks like we've got some people really interested in doing it themselves, making their own knives. So that'd be pretty yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, Chris wants to know if he can trade you one of his kids for a knife <laughs> like that. It'll be at least a kid and a half. Um, Only if they can if swing it, a hand. If it's a firstborn, you know, I mean. The... Yeah, that, that, that's true. That's, that's a good Firstborn son, maybe. What uh, is your... So we what... were just talking about uh, James Keating. Yeah. And, and if you guys are okay with it, it might be a good time to show the... Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Speaking four. of knife fighting, yeah, great segue, man. These guys are going to take my job here. Yeah, let's play clip number four. Speaking of knife fighting, we've got, uh, we've got a quick little demo here. So this is James Keating, uh, and I went to, to a uh, seminar that he did, and I, um, I was really honored. He actually had me, by the end of it, he had me uh, teach a, uh, empty hand versions of some of the things that he had taught. And anyway, this is just he and I going through a knife drill. Nice. All right, so let's play that. So 
So James Keating is the real deal yeah. when it when it comes to uh, Bowie knife fighting. He's he knows a lot about a lot of different kinds of combat in general. Yeah. And he's been around for a really long time, and and he's you know one one of the best there is, I think. That's really cool. Um, JD, yeah, you can absolutely have the winner um, in our <laughs> knife battle. He's <laughs> he he wants in on some of the action. Yes, Zach. Go. All right. We actually have a question from Instagram. Oh, my gosh. Um, Whoa, so we have right. Instagram working. That's it's right. a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, so somebody named, uh, and I hope I don't butcher this name, but it's Restoric 3.0. Sure. Uh, they asked, would Charlie make a, an EDC folder? Ooh, an EDC folder. I'm not sure if you know? what that means. At, ah. at one point, I decided the stuff that I was going to try and the stuff that I wasn't going to try. Okay. And I chose folders as the thing I probably wouldn't try. <laughs> so I so would love to sell a knife. To, <laughs> I would love to sell a knife to every man, woman, and child on the planet. But um, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, I messed with it. It was okay, but um, it just not my, not my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like the, the fixed blade knives, you know, they, they harken back to a, to a totally different era. Yes. I mean, a, a folding knife is super practical. We all mm -hmm. carry them. We all love them, but there's just something about, you know, the full tang fixed blade. Well, badass and, and we've mm -hmm. always taught, you know, in any of our classes and stuff, you go out in the field, you can't replace a fixed blade. I mean, that is just for an all around tool. You, yeah, tell them the story of guys beating you up when you had your Bowie knife. Oh, yeah. So actually, this same, is a great story. same Bowie knife. Okay. Same. And so I took that with me, and I was at group, and uh, we're doing a counter-drug mission, and we were actually sweeping this island, and we'd move all night, and then right before sunup, we'd have to dig in, build hide sites. We'd stay up all, stay and roast all day long, and then as soon as the sun went down, break the hide site down, get up start patrolling again across this and so we did that for 10 days eight days something like that felt like forever and um so anyways i had started out with my western buoys not quite as long as this but a little bit a little bit wider blade and um all the guys and this was the 1990s when like fixed blades were like i don't know it was the pansy generation i guess and so uh anyways <laughs> All the guys were making fun of me on my team because they're like, oh, Dragon Slayer, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He's not right, Rambo. And then, and then after the second day of having to build hide sites, because with that Bowie knife, I'd have my hide site up. I mean, we're not digging like, you know, friggin' like sniper, just enough to get hidden from the casual observer. Mm -hmm. I, I, could, I could have my knocked out in about 10 minutes pretty easy. And the rest of these chumps are running around with like their little folding <laughs> knives and they're like, yeah. Jeff, can I use your can I use your bully <laughs> knife? Can I borrow that? Of course. That? Of course. Yeah. So true story. So so the, about the smallest blade that that I do on any regular basis is is this uh, this is my version of an everyday carry. So it's a utility oh, karambit. Um, and the thing is, I, I keep I keep the the steel thick. And and anybody that has ever needed to use a blade regularly. Um, I know that there's a lot of people going towards scavenging as much weight as possible mm -hmm. and let's have the, the thinnest possible blade or whatever. <sighs> no, man, if you need it, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I would sacrifice. Yeah. You know, maybe some weight in bedding or some other thing, paracord, I don't know, to make sure that you had enough steel <laughs> right. to take care of what you, you needed to do. Well, so and that's the thing, because I, I mean, I, I found this out the hard way. Yeah, you know, if you snap this blade... <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah, right. you know what I mean? This this becomes very, very ineffective for what it's designed to do. And you would be hard pressed to snap something like this. Like, yeah. man, yeah. you'd I, you I could put not so imagine much, yeah. what you would be doing to yeah. freaking do that. No, you can put so much lateral pressure. On I kind of like this design too, with the, the yeah. ring on the mm -hmm. bottom. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of karambits. Uh -huh. Be just because I, I, I mean, and like I have a beautiful crayon. I'll have to bring it to you that I brought home from Malaysia, yeah. too, actually, and they're they're beautiful. But I see them as the most worthless knife ever. Okay. I mean, they're good for like gutting somebody up close. That's about it. They oh, look yeah. super and, scary. And that's cause about it. Yeah, because the, uh, the crambit that the is the hard crambit. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I like this because now it's still the traditional straight edge, mm -hmm. but it's got that it's got that little pinky. Thing in there. I don't know if it's big and not quite big enough for my for my my sausages here, but even still, that's that's pretty. I kind of like that idea. That's I, don't, I haven't seen that too much. 
Yeah. No, that's I love that take on it because same thing. Like the the Karambits look really cool, but in terms of functionality, it's like it's how somebody, much can you? It's really somebody's do? gonna yeah. somebody's gonna beat us up out there. So, so yeah. So so anybody that's not sure what he's talking about, it, it, the the Karambit, the iconic Karambit shape, is this kind of talon-looking thing that that doesn't shoot out straight. It comes over at a at a really sharp curve. Yeah, seeing JD Caputo saying Karambits are only good for combat. Yep. And I would yeah. argue they're good for combat yeah, unless, unless, of yeah. course unless you you're facing something like this. And in which case, right. you better have a gun yeah, and you better that. be about 20-something feet away. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so this one has a couple of different ways. That, so the, so the, uh, the Karambit, for anybody who's, who's interested in why it is that it had this ring, is that uh, you could hold it like that and work with you know fishing nets or, or or gutting something and then you still had your blade if if you needed it huh. so that was that was the That's idea the really intent it, of it. so you're not losing your blade you don't have to set it down it's it's right there well, how about that? when when you needed it so so this I, I designed to be able to hold like this and and when it's held like that you have a little bit of chopping oh, action yeah, cool. that you can do or you can choke up on it just move your hand to to there and now you have something that's more carvy and, and, and more like... Karambits you know, kind of look more. like the, the old um, rice sides, like a mini oh, rice yeah, yeah. I almost wonder, if does anybody out there know, is that the is that the history of a karambit? Was that's it a true? J.D. Caputo question yeah, right there. I mean, history JD of karambit, is, go. Is, is that, is it, <laughs> I mean, it looks like that rice, it looks like a kama, I guess you call it in the Japanese martial arts world. But like when I was in Asia, they were everywhere. They used them for pruning trees and cutting down rice and like friggin everything but a karamba just looks like a miniature version miniature of version of it yeah i oh. wouldn't be surprised got a question all right same person restoric 3.0 on uh, instagram asks uh on the table there is there a push blade a push blade a push blade you know if if they're asking about different kinds of edges and maybe even if they're not, we should probably talk about this. So the final edge that you put on a blade, you've got two options. One is a push cut and one's a draw cut. Uh, if you have, you know, say a, a straight razor, um, this is intended to be pushed through hair so that... Uh, did you make that? I did not. No, no. This is something that I picked up when I decided that I wanted to, to start sh uh, shaving with a straight razor. And... Um, yeah, so, uh, so this is this would be a push cut, but and and it has its uses. Whatever you you want it on something that's going to be getting pushed through stuff. So so an axe or whatever. You know, there's always those those uh, you know the, the guy shaving with an axe or whatever. Yep. Like that's an amazing way of of sharpening. That shows that it's really sharp. An, an axe always should have a razor's kind of an edge on it. You wouldn't. It never is used for drawing, but if something's going to be used, you know, so so if you took. If you took that edge and you tried to cut a tomato with it, it would just ride on the top of the skin. Until you pierce it, it wouldn't ah, start cutting. Interesting. So you need the micro serrations of, of a draw cut um, to, to get through stuff. If you're looking to get through hair or skin or, or, or clothing or whatever, uh, a draw cut is the only way to, to make it through that. So, interesting. Um, yeah. that's. I think something really important to note when people say, "Oh, I want to, I, I, I want my knife to be able to pop hairs," you can do that, but it's not really the best for every single application. Interesting. It, so that's not necessarily the gold standard for no. the sharpness or effective of a knife. Not really, that's, so, and it's not hard so, to do. So speaking about the sharpness of a knife, if we look at oh, uh, mm, clip, clip number, number two. two, here we go, talking about sharpness. So this is a pretty good test of a. Uh, this of is how effective a knife can yeah. be. Yeah, so All this right, is so something we've got that you Jackman you here. Do. <laughs> no, wait, that's that's you. That's how I thought it was wait, Wolverine. Wait a second. No way. <laughs> All right, set it up for Sure. Us. Oh, okay. So this is a knife cut. This is a uh, rope cutting competition um, that I went to and and uh, just cutting through about uh, I think it was like two and a half inch rope. And so yeah, it's a send great it. test of of uh, sharpness, but then there's also some technique to it. All right, let's see. Oh, Nailed it. Revenge is yours. <laughs> there you go. Through it like it was nothing. Um, Jacob South giving you a shout out, Mr. Charlie <sighs> no Mann. I love stud. that guy. He's a uh, Jacob South is another fellow black belt friend yeah. of the show. He's been yep. on. Yep, amazing, amazing yeah. jujitsu practitioner. 
So you chopped through that thing like it was nothing. That was pretty pretty impressive. Uh, how, hard, how hard is it to do that? It's pretty hard. That was that was not my first try. Really? There were there were a lot of guys that were there. There was about thirty guys or something that were there. And other than the guy whose house it was that got to practice on it all the time, uh, I I believe I was the only one to, to make it through the. No kidding. So it, it takes some some strength and whatever you have to. It's pretty explosive or whatever, but also the blade has to be exactly right and and the edge has to be right and. Interest relative. So, so when angle. Cold Steel's doing that on their videos, it's mm -hmm. it's like it's legit. Though. It is legit. Yeah. No. It is nice. a it is a very good test of uh, you know the blade and the the blade wielder. Very cool. Um, Chris Chris Yates wants to know if we were in the market for a custom knife, how can we tell if the local smith is a duffer or actually knows what they are doing? The only way you can tell is to actually get one from Charlie Mann. Um, <laughs> any other knife is going to be inferior. Garbage. Don't don't waste your time. Um, but seriously, I mean, I would I would recommend because you ship right. I mean, yeah, I, know. I, I ship mean, you can mail it world. to you. Yeah. He, um, but if you wanted to buy local, how how can you how can you uh, uh, move here and got, buy one for me? There you go. There you <laughs> go. That's the only real up. answer. <laughs> okay, we answer. got another question. Yes, Zach. I have another question from Instagram. Same person, Restoric. He asks for someone who's starting out with metalwork. Would bearings be a good start? Ooh. Okay, yeah. So let me talk about uh, bearing steel and a, and a few different types of steel. So I mentioned that this is fifty one sixty steel. The way that uh, steels are red, if they're not like an exotic or whatever, there's some like exceptions to it, is it's red in columns. So 5160 is, is red like that. The five means chrome. The one in 5160. Oh, actually, uh, it looks like he, he maybe like an autocorrect issue, but he actually meant blade work, not bearings. So would blade work be a good start for oh. if you're going to get metal work? Yeah. Ah. Blade work. Oh, if he just wants to start working yeah, in metal. Yeah, he's starting into metal, so what he's wondering if blade work is what he wants to start, start in yeah, blades. I don't think he meant bearings. He meant blade work because um, he autocorrected hey, It's all bearings now, Zach. Now, now, well, now everybody knows that. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. If, if the question is would he want to start making blades before he made other things, I would say no. You want to start with other basic uh, blacksmithing things. There's tons of stuff that you can make. I still really? make so you'd, Christmas you'd start with the basic stuff. stuff before, like, like what's basic? What about like You know, what, what do they call that? Stock reduction. Yeah, start, there's stock that? removal. Yeah, no. If you if, if what he wanted to get into is forging blades, I'd probably forge other things first. And there's uh, a, there's okay. a ton of other projects that you could do. Gotcha. If if somebody wanted to, uh, you know, the, so there's two different ways of of making a blade. There's stock removal where you take a, a piece of steel that's that's you know rectangular or whatever mm -hmm. and you carve away anything that doesn't look like a knife and then there's uh, forging you know bladesmithing where you take a block of steel and you hit it with a hammer on an anvil until it's to about 80% of the shape the final shape that you want and then so that would be yeah that's amazing yeah, that's, so that's you're so so with a hunk of steel, because mm -hmm. I mean, we we were playing around with a block that was like this big, yeah, yeah. heated it up, and you start hitting on it, and and you think it's gonna move, mm -mm. and it doesn't. So it really gives That's you an appreciation yeah. for someone who and, does it by hand. And Mike McLaughlin, McLaughlin, he he's on there, and he's like, hey, wait a minute. Continue with yeah. the bearing. Yeah, so go back. Okay. So you started okay. talking about the categories of yeah. steel. The yeah, five that's right. The so, so nerd alert again, just really quickly. 5160, 5160. The five is chrome. The one is that it's 1% of that chrome. Uh, the six zero is that it's 0.60% carbon. So that's considered anything over, uh, I think, 30% or 0.30% um, of the total material of the of uh, the steel is considered high carbon. That doesn't seem like a lot of carbon uh, to me, but anyway, so so 0.60% carbon is a lot of carbon to stick in into the steel. Remember we were talking about the the uh, beach balls, right. so beach balls, volleyballs, whatever. Carbon is, is a very small thing. It'd be like the golf ball, and it, it goes through there, and it makes it so that it's hardenable. So if you're talking about bearings, bearings are always 50 or uh, 52100 steel. Okay. So the five being chrome steel, 5-2, it's 2% chrome, and then 100, 52, 100, uh, is 1.00% carbon. So it's like 5160, except twice the chrome right. and twice and the twice carbon. The, okay. So, it, so it's that, really high carbon. Re, super high carbon is about the, the upper limit of where you would ever go with, with carbon. But what it does is it makes it very uh, polishable. Very, It can be very shiny mm -hmm. and because of all the chrome that's in it. And then very hardenable because of that really high carbon content. 
um, that, yeah, converts so, into... So now what about the test where, you know, they'd get the knife and they'd, you know, stick it in the vise and pull it over and then mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. if it goes back to true... Mm -hmm. Is that a is that a legit? T I mean, could I do that with your knives? Is mm -hmm. You'd have to pull awfully hard. Do they pull so, it by pull by hand? Or they, no, they put a cheater bar. I was just saying, yeah. no way yeah. you're pulling that thing. I mean, Jeff's no. a strong dude, but yeah, that chance, it, bro. It, yeah, it, that thing is it, solid. It wouldn't. But um, so that test is something that they do for uh, American Bladesmith Society. It, it's it's a test of being able to make the blade hard enough that it will hold an edge and then springy enough. So the zone tempering that I was talking about, mm -hmm. making the edge hard but leaving the back springy, if the whole thing was hard, then you would know it as soon as you started pulling, it would snap. Gotcha. But if, if uh, the spine is springy um, and it's, it's differentially tempered or zone tempered, then that spine will hold, uh, will hold its shape and spring back some. Um, and it depends on the test. A lot of times guys will just make a knife for that test so that it doesn't crack. Oh, interesting. So, um, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of proving that you know what you're doing with the thermal processing to get the property that you want out of the steel. So you have to know the steel and you have gotcha. to know your thermal processing. Um, That's more an exhibition, that. it not is. something it's, you would realistically yeah. want it's, it's, or need in a blade. It's, it's borderline parlor trick. Gotcha. You know, yep. it's it's cool to know, and 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 you should understand the the different properties that you. It's can like get a barambolo in jujitsu. It's like, hey, you really yeah, need to do that technique, right? No, but it looks cool, and you know, you can you can show <laughs> so off to what your is, friends. Right. So, what is the true test of a knife? It is that the knife does what its purpose was. So I'll have guys call me and say, hey, I want something that will, I can use as a throwing knife, I can shave with it, I can cut oh. down trees, I can yeah. you know, do all this. Sure. I, want, I want something that will do all <laughs> that. And, and to which I say, well, I could try to make something that would do seven, you know, those seven jobs poorly. Yeah. Or I could make you seven knives. And, and the good news is I can make you seven knives. And he'll give so, you a really good deal on it. <laughs> right. So, so, um, so depending on what, it's what its purpose is going to be. Gotcha. Really, so, the, you know, these, these Frankenstein knives that we see sometimes, it's, you know, the do it all. Well, it's, mm -hmm. it slices, it dices, right, it chops, right, right. Yeah. yeah Sunday, it's the Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, it, it fails to be really any use of anything. Of, kind of bad at all of much. those things. Right. Yeah. So, so getting something that's going to be like specifically for that, which is, which uh, is part of the reason why we did the dual knife right. for my thing is because, yeah. Hey, I need something big that I can do some serious work with. Right. But you know, if you're, if you're whittling and trying to do some finesse, you're making, mm -hmm. you know, snare traps and stuff like that. that that's right. some fine work. That's mm -hmm. a little big. That's where we needed the small guy. Yep. I mean, this that is probably one of the coolest setups for, for knives yeah. I've ever seen. Oh. You've got the big monster blade, and you've got the little guy, and you even got a little pack. I think I have pulled. No, the uh, ferro rod's actually in there. I've got you got mm -hmm. the spot for the magnesium ferro rod. I mean, this is like the ultimate yeah. survival. You're going to go out and live off the land and indefinitely. The, the leather work on this is like exceptional. Unbelievable. Yeah. My, my girlfriend uh, started doing the leather work. I, I can do leather work. I have done it. She does it way better than I do, and I don't have that much passion for it. So I just let her go, and she takes artistic license. And right from the very beginning, she did amazing work, and she actually figured out some stuff that I didn't even know. Um, the final thing that she does on this is that she melts beeswax into the leather until the leather won't soak it up anymore. Wow. So it's completely protected. I mean, this is something that's going to last for many generations. Forever. This will this will outlast any of us yeah. for sure. Um, you know, your kids' kids will have it, and the leather will last a really long time because of the way that it's, you know, uh, yeah, the way prepared. it's processed. Yeah. Um, JD came in with some information on Karambit. Says they were originally uh, fixed blades, but then there are modern modern folding. Mo uh, modern folding models. Man, that's a tongue twister. Available mm -hmm. now. Karamits originated in Indonesia from the jungles of West Java during the 11th century. So the more yeah. you know. So, so yeah, the, the guys that from Indonesia, there's a martial art called uh, Salat. Uh -huh. Pinjak Salat and, and like that. And they've got, you know, really cool traditions. And they, they do a lot of stuff with karambits in the reverse grip because it has that curl that, that kind of comes up mm -hmm. sort of a thing. So anyway, it's a, it's a lot of reverse grip. 
stuff. Brian Knox, great question as far as forging and smithing. Wants to know, at what point can you start using an air hammer? I'm currently learning, and I think it's vital to learn by hand first, but would like to start with an air hammer occasionally when it makes sense. And mm -hmm. I'm sure for the sake of time, yeah. that's not a bad way to go. So yeah. what's your recommendation as far as someone learning the trade? Well, I think he's exactly right as far as starting out with just a hammer and an anvil. And, and you do, like the, the guys that I was first learning from, um, they said to build character as a knife maker, what I needed to do was make a knife out of a file using a file. So then you needed to learn how to wow. soften one of the files so that the other file could cut it. Huh. And then as you're shaping it, it happened so slowly, Gosh. things didn't get out of hand, right? Okay. And, you, and you ended up with a, a quality blade, and you understood, you know, how to get the plunges in or yeah. whatever. And I feel like that would be such a time-consuming process. It, it, it really was, and, and it was, <laughs> it was, and I knew that I needed to do my homework right. before he was going to tell me the next thing. So yeah, starting small and then getting getting bigger is a great way to go. Uh -oh. I totally agree with you. And, uh, and the the next thing is whether you went to an air hammer or a, you know, so there's pneumatic hammers, just power hammers. Yep. A power hammer of some kind is going to become necessary uh, after you've hit metal for a little while. So that's all cool, but let's talk about tomahawks. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So this kind of looks like a, like this almost looks like a, a Vietnam, your version of the Vietnam mm -hmm. style nice. tomahawk. Nice, yeah, good eye. Yep. Jeff knows his tomahawks. He doesn't mess around. <laughs> yes. It was designed by Lagana. Right? It was, wow, oh. man. Yeah. You are suspiciously knowledgeable. Suspiciously. Full Actually, curl brand off of IG says, hi, Josh, nice shirt. Uh -huh. I helped design. Really? Tomahawks, yeah. Thanks, Will. With the American Tomahawk Company. That Sometimes Andy Prisco's out there watching, but uh, he used to own awesome. American Tomahawk. And then I've actually, I'll bring them on the show. I've got a series of Tomahawks, like a Rogers mm -hmm. Rangers, about three different versions where we made the handles. So I had been with uh, Kelly Warden, who was mm -hmm. buddies with with uh, James Keating, and we were, and I was learning stick fighting, and I kept breaking the sticks, and so, you know, I went to hardwood and I'd snap those off, and and like the rattan, I'd burn through those pretty quick because mm -hmm. they just they wear out. And so I was on this hunt to find something, and I found this plastic called Delrin, and it's all over the mm -hmm. place now. But mm -hmm. the first synthetic handles for tomahawks, we made them out of uh, Delrin, and now synthetic handled tomahawks are all over the place. But right. um, so Jeff, yeah. you you heard it here first. Jeff was the proprietor of <laughs> synthetic handle tomahawks. You're welcome, world. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so tomahawks, um, arguably, if if you had this is not that much weight, and there's you know again for for good steel, there's a lot of other things that I would sacrifice, mm -hmm. and and tomahawks are actually really versatile. You can use it as something to get space, um, and you can choke up on it for like skinning or doing some you know fine motor stuff, and it's a great basher, uh, also you know spike kind of a thing. And that spike looks super sharp. It, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty pokey. Yeah, well, just well, not not only pokey, but like the edges here. Like oh, that's uh -huh. yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah, a not, lot not of edge super, to that. Yeah, not super fine, but um, yeah, yeah. This, this would a, hurt. This would this be a, this would be a bad day for somebody, mm -hmm. especially yeah, if Jeff's holding it. But it, it's you know tomahawk. So if you think about it, like you know the little real super light hand axes like this, and then. Uh, you know, a big blade, you yeah. know, other tomahawks were a little bit bigger than this. They're really, I mean, they, these were mainstays on the frontier. You just Absolutely. use them for so much stuff. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, awesome uh, tradition of buoys and tomahawks being used together. Um, you know, so so we took care of that, of, of the having two different kinds of blades mm -hmm. on this by having a little utility knife. Uh, a lot of times this would end up being used as the utility knife. It's oh, a wow. force multiplier because you can always go back on it and, and sure. get some get some whack out of the deal. But uh, this is actually a, a combo that was done for for somebody uh, where it's it's going to be this tomahawk oh, yeah, I see and it. that the, the sheaths match. Yeah, oh, yeah cool. Right. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a that is a nice yeah. pairing there. So um, yeah, that's the direction that, that he wanted to go was you know one one in each. And there's a lot of we could we could do a, a tomahawk fighting uh, seminar too, and that's. Really, really interesting. Yeah, Jeff stuff. would be real excited about that. Because you get all the cool stuff from stick fighting, yeah, and some blade stuff, and mm -hmm. close in. You can still grapple. You know, you can make it a grappling hooks, distance thing. Hooks yeah. and traps. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely do that. And and JD, uh, another another pretty 
uh, proficient weapons guy. It's actually going to be out here in the near future. He's planning awesome. a trip, so you guys will de- we'll definitely link yeah, you awesome. up. Get it together, and we'll Do we'll make that happen. Um, Caputo, okay. Jansen Limer from tuning in on YouTube. Once it wants you to talk a little bit about railroad track as an anvil. Oh, we're we're man. getting close, I'm you know, so but glad. we want to answer answer your questions. I'm we're so almost out of time, but came up. yeah. So you can. That's a great way of get of, of baby stepping into whether you are actually interested in in uh, uh, doing forging is to go to uh, a, a train track or. A train, uh, uh, go, to a train just go to a train track, track. bring your angle uh, grinder, bro, <laughs> and just start pounding away. <laughs> you can, no, you can go to train, uh, train yards where they there have like scrap stuff, and you can buy, they're actually called anvils. Uh-huh. You say, I want to buy an anvil, and they'll, sh- they'll sell you a piece of train rail that is uh, 18 inches or so, 18 to, uh, inches to a couple of feet, and they don't scrimp on steel. It's really good steel. Yeah. And so you can pick these things up for for pretty cheap, because if you're looking to buy an actual anvil, yeah. By comparison, what is a what is a legitimate man size anvil? Four dollars a pound. So ooh, that six hundred pound one that we were hitting on. Yep. This is a pricey, ooh, pricey item. That's sturdy. Well, and and if you are not sure if you want to do this, <laughs> I don't know that I would dive in quite that deep. <laughs> so yeah, go to a train yard and get yourself a, an anvil, and you can just use a framing hammer or mm-hmm. whatever. You can use a weed burner to heat up the steel until you're sure, you know, what it is that you want to do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you can baby step into it easily. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about doing this, and we've just been so swamped that we haven't made it happen yet. But there's such an interest here that maybe we'll do a, a Manhack-style version of, of, of DIY, how to make your forging kit, you know, just on the cheap and easy to... Uh, you know, for the folks at home, we can show some videos on what you need, how to do it, and, and how to make that stuff, because I think there seems to be a high demand. There is, and, it, and there's something that's really ancient about it and something that is very grounding about making something out of steel that you're going to use and having your life and be around. Very cool. Yeah, Michael says track goes for about 50 cents a pound yeah. wherever he is, so yep. very, very reasonable. Um, Jansen says has a 26 inch. Uh, 26 inch section planned on shaping it this week. Nice, that'll be very cool. So we've got some, job. some some bladesmiths, some forgers awesome. on here, some nice. blacksmiths, awesome. which is really cool. So you know, glad to have you guys um, tuning in on this podcast. We're pretty much out of time, and I, I know Charlie, sure, there's so much just, more we can talk about. By. Oh. It goes super super fast. So we'll have to bring you on some more, and I'd we can talk to. about you know we can talk about all kinds of stuff. But um, Jeff, anything else you have to say? No, I think that. Uh, it's amazing that like there's so many other questions I want to ask. Oh, we're going to keep him like, here for the next like three hours and, and we're going to be grilling him. It's pretty this hard. weird time warp that we live in when we're, when we're doing these interviews and talking to folks, it's just like, what that was, what? what? That was that an, was an hour? hour? We're going to talk anymore? That was an hour. And then Zach's behind the camera going, cut, cut, cut time. <laughs> He's got hot dates. He's, he, he can't be sticking around here. listening to us jibber jabber all night. Wow. What's wow. his name? Zach. Zach, you are. <laughs> oh, burn. Sick burn. All right, so, you guys. Charlie, last thing, closing out, what do you have to say? Let's let's plug your stuff. We got a lot of people interested in getting some of these knives. Oh, that'd for be themselves. awesome. I would, I would so, love to make something for just about anybody. There you go. Uh, so you can follow me uh, on Instagram at uh, Charlie Man Knives at Instagram. And it's uh, C H A R L Y, spelled the girl way. My hippie parents let me choose the spelling, so and it's on the it's on the oh it's on there yeah you can read oh, okay. it there but for the folks awesome. listening it's good to hear it yep and then uh, my website is manmadeknives.com two ends in man mm-hmm. don't forget that that that's important last name so Zach yeah. let's finish it out with the uh, with clip number three so just some folks that are just tuning in can see that earlier yeah man this is so inspirational because thanks so much for this tuning will start in. your week off right thanks Certainly. a lot we'll see you next time roll the clip. something beyond yourself, beyond your years, and your life. Know your relevance in this world. You may have seen the face of battle, and know the struggle that all warriors share. You may be tempted to overcome your obstacles. Instead, 
give them the silence they so richly deserve. Why move beyond mediocrity to create excellence? Because the excellence of those who came before demands it. Because the faith of those who believe in you deserve it. Because there will be those who can see the difference. Look out into the world, and if what you see is not good enough, make it better. Perfect it. Fight until your hands and face are blackened from the fire of your passion. Challenge yourself, and fuel the furnace with your past. Free yourself from life's never-ending distractions, and embrace focus. It is then that you will master your destiny, and find certain peace. <laughs>